Hello and welcome to 141 Studio. I'm Ryan Whiting. And I'm Paul Cushing. And welcome to the group of death. Group E. Group E. Four may enter and two may leave and Uh. two may die for real. (laughs) Because it's death. I mean, it's actual death. death. Like, we're going, they're going to, I mean, Qatar is hot. They're going to just going to get left out in the desert, and that's it for them. Right. That We'll just let, you know, the sun sort it out. The sun is just going to sort it out. We're not going to give those teams any water or anything. They're just going to rot. Yeah. They just got to figure it out. Just out in the desert. Figure it out. Maybe they'll just fight to the death. Like they'll. I don't want to go there. I, I realized I was going to a very dark place. They'll eat each other. Yeah, I was gonna say we, we don't want to do that. Yeah. Do we really want to bring that up about the group of death? Have we gone too far? Yes. Okay. That's. I mean, that's pretty clear. That's very Are we much, gonna go yeah. further? No. Okay. I think. I think that the cannibalism is a probably a. That a good that was the line. Point. Okay. That was the cannibalism. <laughs> I mean, as soon as we got into like the Jeffrey Dahmer stuff, like I feel like. Um, oh yeah. That's that's a hot topic. <laughs> Hey, we're topical, y'all. So the teams, <laughs> the teams moving along, the, the teams in. Ah, oh, man, I feel like I feel like. Do we want to? Do we want? Do we want to be in this place right now? Yeah, we're just gonna power through okay. uh, or attempt to. Okay. It's, it, it can only go up from here. It's e e e e. <laughs> Right, just e. Yeah, just e. E. So we got very spooky one. It's very Halloweeny. E. Halloween. Halloween. Even though this is gonna happen in November. I mean, it's happening before Halloween, though. Is it? Like where our podcast is gonna be put up? Oh yeah, our podcast will be like. I mean, yes, the group starts in November. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna play the games and all that stuff. But so teams in this group: Costa Rica, (laughs) Japan, Germany, and Spain. El Español. Aleman, Espan, España, España, uh, Japón, and um, I think it's Japón, um, and then Costa Rica, Costa Rica, yeah, yeah, it's Costa Rica. How do they say? How do the, they say Germany? Uh, Alem, Alemania, Aleman is French actually. Alemania oh, for fr- for Germany. Yeah, Aleman and Alemania. Okay, Alemania. I yeah. I learned something. And then uh, España or España. España. Yeah, it's French. Espan, Espan, Espian, Espian. Yes. Catalan or. Or Cat- Castilian. Cast- oh, Castellano. Castellano. Castellano is just uh, Castellano is uh, Alemania. Ah, it's just it's Alemania. Yeah, I think it's something like that. I want to avoid that minefield. I mean, I know I drove us into it. There's Basque as well. There's Basque in yeah. Catalan and, and Galician. Galician. There's Galician. There's a Galician dialect. I believe so. I meant just like a region. Oh, you! I mean, there are three main dialects in Spain. There's Catalan, Basque, and and uh, Castellano. Castellano is like spoken through most of the country. Basque is uh, is is in the San Sebastian and Bilbao region, like up in the mountains um, near France and and uh, Andorra, I think it is. Yeah, Andorra. And then yeah, Catalan is the uh, is Catalonia region, the Catalan, which is Barcelona and. Like maybe Valencia, like down towards that little area. Kind of on the eastern coast. On the eastern, like the northeastern area of the country. And they're fiercely, the like, Catalans are fiercely independent. And so same same as the Basques, they're very independent. Uh, yeah, like until the 1500s, they were separate countries. Yeah, and I mean, they still are very fiercely themselves. Like they, uh, they also hate, most of them all hate tourists too. Not the Basques. The Basques are actually pretty cool, but the Catalans are not friendly to tourists. I, I as a first-hand experience, that is for for real. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, hey, Spain. Well, Spain. Um, I mean, it's still a lovely place, and Spain is a lovely place, and there are lovely things to do in Spain. Anyway, Costa Rica, Concacaf, 
near and dear to our hearts. I know they're 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 they made it. That's that that's a big deal. Just making it, I think, sometimes I, is a big deal. I'm looking at our notes here, and and number one is happy to be here. I think so. I mean, they had to go through qualifying, like all the way through qualifying. They started really poorly, and they like found a way to finish in the fourth spot, and then play a New Zealand team that they they kind of gritted through. And um, well, it's kind of Costa Rica's way, isn't it? I mean, yeah, they're very good defensively. They have a couple of good attackers, and they're gonna grind. They're gonna defend and hope that you make a mistake so you can, they can score a goal. And they have one of the best keepers in the game, in Kaylor Navas. So who is going to be spotlighted? Um, so if if you had to pick, kind of like the way they would get out of the group. Would it just be kind of concacafing, just creating chaos and letting God sort it out? Um, no. Yes and no. Like I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna sit deep. So a lot of the games that they've played recently have either been in a five-four-one or a four-four-two, and so a lot of that means that they're gonna sit and defend, and then and they're gonna find ways to counterattack in ways that at least create a really good chance, uh, like a high op- high chance opportunity in the middle of the goal. Uh, in the middle of the box inside the 18. Or it'll be like a one-on-one opportunity with a defender, um, with their, one of their attackers and a defender, and that they hope that they can beat them and take a chance and score. That is going to be their game most like the entire time and it will frustrate it's going to frustrate some of these like really really good teams is it going to is it going to stop them completely probably probably not but there's totally a possibility that could happen and they've beaten the united they beat the united states in the final game of qualifying it's not like they are completely inept or without the ability to play they can do it unfortunately for them they have probably the best rest of like a group out of any other of these upset kind of teams. Japan is solid, and at the top you have just juggernauts yeah. in Germany and Spain. Yeah, but I think, do I think they'll make it out of the group? I don't know. I Probably not. Probably not. But do I think that they can cause some trouble? Absolutely. Like, I, I think that there is lots of opportunity for them to make a really difficult time for some of these teams. Like, Spain, the one thing that Spain can't do is score consistently. A team like Costa Rica could cause them a lot of problems because they're going to have to be forced to break down low blocks for most of the game. And it's not that Spain can't do that. It's the final ball and the final, like, the, the shots on target. Spain does not have that kind of player that just consistently finishes. I feel like I've seen Spain struggle with that the last few tournaments they've been in. When you get them in a low block, they struggle to find that final final ball, like think you said. Of, yeah, like think of it this way. like the, Spain can control the ball for 75-80% of the time, and what will happen is they'll either move into the arsenal circle of death, and they'll just rotate and rotate and rotate the ball. Oh, they'll create a lot of chances, and they don't score. So, like, you'll see games they fin- they win one nothing or two to one, and really they should have won like four or five, six one or six to two or something like that because they they created enough opportunities to score goals. They don't have so like a, a team like Costa Rica could cause a lot of problems for them. Costa Rica could struggle against a team like Germany because Germany have players that can score the goal, score the score the ball consistently. Yeah, I don't think Germany will have any trouble uh, like getting getting essentially into the dangerous areas. Uh, I've heard that circle of death referred to as the horseshoe of sadness. Yeah, that too. And I wanted to I wanted to pass that along to you. I yeah, thought the you'd horseshoe, appreciate the that. horseshoe of sadness, right. or the arse, like, I, 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 I heard <laughs> call it the yeah the horseshoe of sadness. I right, just that. just all the way around. 
around outside back the and box. Forth, yeah. And back and forth. Yeah. And uh, like, or the art, yeah, I heard the Arsenal circle of death. So like the ball <laughs> would get crossed, it go to the other side, they rotate yeah. it back around, and they do it again, and they do it again, and they do it again. Um, <laughs> lots of movement going nowhere. Yeah, lots of things, but no real chances being created. And I guess that would be, that's going to be, con- uh, that's the CONCACAF way, right? Sit back, hope that you, you know, nick a penalty or cause some kind of disturbance and get one on the break. At the World Cup, I think it's a very CONCACAF way. Like, they, yeah. you defend really well, you have a really good goalkeeper, and then you create chances hoping that that something will come from it. And th- it's totally a possibility that they could do things against these teams. It, 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 that's why, like, Costa Rica, of, of the group of death, they, they probably are the least talented team. But this is that's not to say, to say that they... It's it's still something to say that they, they couldn't create... Uh, they couldn't win a game in this group. Definitely a possibility. Oh, yeah. And so it might actually come down to whoever Costa Rica steals a game from. Might be who gets who goes home. Oh, the other team that goes home. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing, yeah, I think, yeah, I just wouldn't rule it out. I'm, I'm not saying that they, they're going to do it. I, I don't, I, they probably won't, but I don't want to rule it out to say that they're, they they aren't going to be out of the group just completely yet. I think there's like a 10%, 15% chance, which I think in this group is fairly okay. Right. That's like, that's probably generous, honestly, with, with what else is in the group, but yeah. it's it's not, Yeah. you know. Yeah. And the key players, I think Kaylar Novice is the guy. In my opinion, he's like, if he plays well, he plays really well, and he's and he, and he stops chances. I think they will. They're gonna frustrate teams, and they 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 will surprise teams again, because they have done it for like two or three tournaments where they've gone to the tournament and they've. I think they made it to the quarterfinal one year. Yeah. Right. I yeah, mean, they kind of like smash grabbed and ran like hell. Yeah, they like beat teams in like extra time, things like that. And Kaylor Novice played on his head, and he was like the best keeper in the World Cup. In my opinion, I think one World Cup, I think it was like 2010. He was like the key. Uh, it's either that or 2014. Yeah, he was unreal. He, he was yeah. just the best. He might have been the best player at the World Cup for me, or like one of the best players at the World Cup. And that so, was uh, when he was playing for Real Madrid, right? I think maybe I can't remember. Yeah, and but, like they were just constantly trying to find. Or it got him his move to Real Madrid or something like that. Yeah. But yeah, he's yeah. I mean, he's won multiple Champions Leagues. He's he's got all of the he's all of the decorations of just kind of that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that guy. So I think if he stays it together for them, I think he, if he's like healthy and is playing well, like he's gonna create. He's gonna keep that that backline organized, and they're gonna they're gonna really frustrate teams. Um, to wrap up Costa Rica, I'm gonna give you a hypothetical. Can you see? A scoreline of one nil, Costa Rica over Germany, and like Kaylor Navis is just buzzsawed Germany. Like they had that. Oh yeah. That oh definitely. Off game. That any they of those have. teams, I think yeah. they could do it to Japan. He could. They could do it to Spain. They could do it to any of those teams. Like, like if you see a Costa Rica one nil scoreline against Spain. Yeah. Like, don't like, be surprised. Don't be surprised right. because it's. I know that they're. Consider, they will be considered the worst team in the group, but they will they could cause problems. But they but they can be the chaos. They can be they can cause they can cause problems. Concacaf gonna Concacaf. So uh, you want to move to Japan next? Yeah, let's go to Japan. So this one I like Japan. Um, I like them more after having watched them kind of body the United States for ninety minutes. Yeah. I these I I hate I hate putting any weight in these um, friendlies because they don't really mean anything and like they're there as like warm ups for something and like teams are doing things that like people don't realize like teams are working on things like to get ready for yeah 
Like it doesn't. I think the like the best thing you can take away from that for Japan is they showed up and they were like, no, we want to we want to win tonight. Like and from the very in, beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah they I were mean, in Germany, they but they showed Germany, up yeah. and they were like, no, we sh- we want to run these guys off the field. And the United States was kind of like, what are you guys doing? This is a tune-up for the World Cup, and they're like, beating you. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's a tune-up for the World Cup, and we're like, right. we are, we're gonna show you how tuned up we are. Yeah, right. We we're gonna show you what it's gonna be like. Good luck, because they were just kind of ready for it. Is what it looked like. It did seem a little bit like an effort thing. Um, Along with tactical, they're a little unfortunate to be in this group. Mm-hmm. I, yes, they are because I think if they were in another group with a different set of teams, they would probably be considered second favorites of the group at least, I agree. at the minimum, and maybe the favorites of the group. There's they, there's a few groups that are significantly weaker that they could come out of very easily. It would have been fine, but this yeah. is the one group, one of the groups that you know they're in it and they go. Mm. Now it's a little bit more questionable. If you replace them for any Group B team, they're number one or number two in that group. I say, you, yeah, you think they make it out of the group? So if they, I, yeah. so if you like, you replaced Japan with like Iran, I think I think that, that would be a group of death to me. That absolutely, U.S. That's like Japan, England, that's like Wales. three top twenty-eight teams in the world, and four Wales top is, twenty-eight yeah, teams. Yeah, too. that would be a tough group. Yeah, I mean, even with Iran, that's a really tough group. But because yeah, Iran, is, yeah, Iran's gonna cause problems because yeah. they're gonna sit and defend real deep, and they they've done it in the past. Anyway, um, um, back to Japan. Yeah, they play the they play really well too. They play a really tidy game. They move the ball really well. They they keep a lot of possession. That's like kind of who they are. They're very quick technical. Combination passing. Yeah, they're they're about like they do a lot of quick combination, moving the ball quickly. Old fashioned um, pattern weaving. I don't know about that, but <laughs> but they have guys who can like really really play and I think they're coming into a new generation of yeah. talent that is going to hopefully take them to another level and direction that they hadn't seen before. Yeah. I mean they have uh Tadakatsu uh Kubo. I think I yeah, said that Kubo? first name. Yeah, I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of syllables in There's Kubo, these. they got Minamino, they've got um Minamino. Tomiyasu, uh, they've they, the 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 uh, department Mori. Huh? I think that Mori. Who's that? Uh, is he they the got one Hatate that and plays at Real Madrid, I believe. Uh, I thought that was Kubo. He was playing at Real Madrid. Kubo's on loan somewhere, I believe. Yeah. But he was—he's a Real Madrid guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think who else. Um, the the one area that I'm concerned about for them actually is um at the goalkeeping position. They for some reason are they bringing a a domestic goalkeeper to the World Cup? I think all most of them are, to be honest with you. Or they don't yeah. play in like a top league. Oh yeah. I'll have to check, but yeah, I think I think yeah I think that that's gonna be an issue, uh, for them. Is like who starts in goal and who's gonna you know create the most confidence so they can defend consistently at the back. Well, that's really what it's gonna come down to, right? Is who's not gonna kind of shatter under the pressure of the World Cup because it's immense and goalkeepers can be no offense to present company a little flighty about things sometimes. It's not that they're flighty, they're. I mean, it's immense pressure. It's like a field goal kicker and in, in it's just responsibility. You carry a lot. No, I mean the, the the difference between a field goal kicker and a goalkeeper is that a goalkeeper has the responsibilities of a quarterback. Right. And starting pitcher is a better way to to look at it. Like the the game is kind of on your shoulders. In a way, sure. I, I don't know. It's like a quarterback who has to throw 10 passes in a game. Okay. But each pass has a very heightened importance. Right. You have to get it right. Cause, and the thing is, is now there's more responsibilities on goalkeepers than ever. So now they have to learn how they have to play out of the back. They have to keep possession. They have to keep teams organized. And then they also have to make saves. Mm-hmm. The, like, the people don't realize, like, 
uh, the importance of a good goalkeeper in in your team. Yeah, like if it, you're off by even just a little bit, you get beat, and then mm-hmm. everybody's kind of looking at you. Oh yeah, I mean you make a mistake, yeah, and a goal is scored, everyone looks at you because they think it's your fault, and it's like actually it's not necessarily <laughs> right. Always my fault. What was I supposed to do about that? We've we've actually talked off air before about like when you get beat by a wonder strike, and it's like, well, there was no way I could ever get to that. Like the feeling that you that you have. I was like, what am I supposed to, how am I supposed to feel about that? Right. What could right. I have ever done? Yeah, you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. So what's the what's the plan for Japan to make it out of the group? Is it just play really solid and hope that you win more than, you know, and hope that Spain or Germany has a bad tournament? Yes. Definitely don't lose to Costa Rica. Like, I think I think that, that you can probably put that down. If they lose to Costa Rica, they're not making it out of the group. If they lose, oh, if they lose to Costa Rica, they're not getting out. Yeah. That's yeah. that's game over. I think if they have to beat Germany or Spain, they have to win one of those games, and they games, have to beat Costa Rica. And they have Rica. to beat Costa Rica. Yeah, and so that's probably if we're looking at it. That's, that's six points. That should get you through. I think that's going to be the. That's what it is. Like you cannot lose to Costa Rica in this group. If you lose to Costa Rica, your tournament's going to be over. If you or they don't lose, so they draw. They can't draw all three games, but they got to win one and draw the and other two. Draw the other two, and I think that gives them at Voral. least that's five points. Because it's very possible that Germany and Spain cannibalize each other, where they just that neither of them gets points off of each other, or you know, God forbid, they like probably best for them is they they both draw and then they beat the other two, and then that's. Four points and they'll go through right right i think so and i mean th- so this is what's fun about the group of death is you start looking at it and it's like well you can't lose to the worst team in the group right. and you really don't want to lose to the other truly great team in the group and then that kind of leaves japan like well we have to we have to not lose to costa rica as well even though they're probably only a little bit better than costa rica right and we have to upset one of the heavy favorites yes so that's they have to win two games. They probably can't draw. I mean, if they if they draw Germany or Spain, they have to draw both those games and win against Costa Rica. That's like the minimum. And that's yeah, that's the minimum. I think they have to beat one of those teams. I think they have to beat. They have to somehow get a, a win out of. I think the Spain game is probably going to be the the game that they will look at and say, okay, this is our opportunity. I don't think Germany is necessarily a great fit for them, but I mean, Germany is just. We'll we'll get to Germany. Well, but they're kind of that team that like if they decide to be Germany, like well, God help us. There wasn't a lot we could do, but they don't always. Right. Like, the machine doesn't always run smoothly all the time. Right. They just they're they're always favorites as long as they're humming. Yeah, I mean they're the two. Yeah, I mean they're always in the final like bit of right. the the thing. Yeah, I just. Do you have anything else for Japan? Uh, I was just looking at one side. I was just looking at their goalkeepers and uh, Japan's goalkeepers, just quickly because um. I wanted to. I just wanted to see what they have as players. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so Japan's goalkeeping situation is going to be interesting because they they have older goalkeepers, but none of them have been really had any real effect over the last like a uh, few years. Yeah, they are. I wouldn't say effect. They they haven't been very good, or not. Should I say very good? They're they're not of like a quality that would suggest that they're going to be. They're not they're not world class. And I don't think they're like in that second tier or even that third tier of goalkeepers. I think they've never really been challenged like that. Right. They're not they I mean the goalkeeper that looks like he's gonna start for the World Cup is um he plays he's played in Japan his whole career except for like a loan to yeah. Brazil. Or no, to Portugal, excuse me. Which tells me that <laughs> 
they're gonna they could be in they, if if the keeper makes a mistake they could be in some real trouble right it could it could start getting bad because some of those players are gonna lose kind of hope quickly yeah yeah well um, it's just more of just like keeping confidence and stuff they have great center backs and they have a great def- they have great defenders and I don't think it'll be a huge issue for them like like the defenders but the the goalkeeper is gonna have to make some saves and I just wonder if they have those pieces to do that if they have the goalkeeper to do that so do you think Japan is going to play with Spain and Germany like they're going to try and play their game or are they gonna they're pack gonna want to try to keep possession yeah. yeah I think that's the way to stop them the other team creating chances yeah but the problem I mean, having is the ball team, is the best defense <laughs> yeah and unfortunately a team like Spain is gonna go no we can do this better than you right and this and I it, you'll that that area will be exposed and I, like. Like that's like I think that Spain could be the team that Japan could upset because I think Spain has that in them, uh, has that game in them from time to time where they just kind of fall apart or like things just go horribly wrong the whole time and they can't seem to get out of their own way. But so like we can move to Spain with that. Like, do you think Spain is fragile? I'm not. No, they're not. No, 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 no. Don't don't get me wrong. Like, it's not to say that they're fragile. It's just like for some reason they just have. It's just they're. I feel like they're always like just. They feel really unlucky to me. <laughs> you know, like I always feel like like there's always like one weird thing that happens, and they always seem to. Well, I think it's because they kind of lack that like truly great goal score right now. Like, they don't have that guy that can kind of make up for it. Well, it's also, too, like, I mean, in past generations, when they had the goal scorers, they had the Fernando Torres, or they had the Raul, or the Fernando Morientes, or those types of players. Like, there was always something that happened, and you're like, how did this happen to Spain? (laughs) Like, how did this happen to Spain? Like, I can remember in 94 that um, in the U.S. World Cup, like, like Spain were going to be one of the favorites. They, they, everyone thought they were going to, they, they had a chance to win it all, right? It was, this was the year that they were going to break the, the, the curse and they, and win a, win a world cup. And they play Nigeria and they, 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 they gave up two chances outside the box from like 35 yards out and they were both rockets and they, they lost <laughs> three to two. And you're like, how did that happen? Like, it was like one of the hardest shots ever recorded, like was one of the goals. And you're sitting there like, how is that possible? Okay. And it was like a, like a first touch sort of thing. Like the ball comes out of the box and it's like 35 yards out. And this guy just hits this ridiculous rocket into the top <laughs> corner. And you're like, uh, how? And so for me, like that's, like that like it feels like Spain's fortune in a way you know like that's kind of where they are and at at times and I, I feel sometimes I feel some sympathy for them and then other times I'm like you guys have the best team like all the time like why am I like why do I, why do I feel bad for, for you? you why do I feel bad for you anyway um in like in 2010 was like it was almost again that happened again so they played the Netherlands right and <laughs> the Netherlands was out for blood and it's so funny that the at the Spanish team I mean, who adopted the style of the Dutch, out-Dutched the Dutch team, who became the English team. And I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) Um, And, like, this would be the fortune. So, like, in the World Cup final, a dude got kicked in the chest, and he somehow wasn't sent off for it. (laughs) <laughs> like, he got kicked straight in his chest, like, full, like, studs in the chest. Yep, up high. Up high, and nothing. Like, it, it was just a yellow card. Just like, uh, yeah, just don't do that again. And you're Tried like, to wait step a second, on what are you him. talking about? <laughs> right. Like, that's not allowed. Nigel de Jong, like, just, like, Nigel de Jong injured some people. Like, he, like, he was definitely a guy who did that. Truly, and, truly one of the, uh, the great dirty players. He wasn't dirty. He just was, he was a 
hard man. He was like a proper hard man. Like yeah. he's like, don't come, don't be a, don't be a, a numbskull and come through my space like that because I will cut you <laughs> right because you, know, you will hit the dirt i will hit you and you will go down and you will not get back up for six weeks right like that if you're gonna happens. beat me make sure you beat me yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean they played this dutch team in the world cup and you're thinking like oh my god of course this is the one time they're not gonna score like they had done it the whole tournament and i'm like of course this is the time that everything falls apart for them and this dutch team is gonna score and they uh, like honestly Arjen robin had the chance to win the tournament like he had it and Casillas made a great save, and Iker himself. Yeah, King 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 Iker. Um, he he made a crazy save, got a toe, and knocked it just wide. And they finally created the opportunity. Cesc Fabregas got it to Iniesta, who scored the goal, and that was that. That was the thing. And I was like, oh, they finally did it. They finally broke it. And I think it was from 2008. Like they 2008, they they won a title and they won it together and they won it in this specific way and they just dominated everyone and they finally had the goal scorer in Fernando Torres and then 2010, like Fernando Torres wasn't at his best, but they found ways to just cut teams like that was the Euros, right? In 2008, they won into that. They won Euro 2008, one nil against yep. Germany, <laughs> against Germany. Yeah, in the final, and it was Fernando Torres, I think, that scored the goal to win the final, and then. In 2010, it was death by a thousand cuts. This was like when Tiki Talk, they just like went full Tiki Talk on people and just. Yeah, this was peak. Like just absolutely would have 90, 80% of the ball all the time, it felt like. And they just wouldn't give it back to you. Or if they did, you'd have it in your own like third and they would win it back after like five or six passes. And you're like, okay, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> That's why when the United States beat Spain in the Confederations Cup like the year before in South Africa, it was such a big deal because you're like, wait a second. Right, because Spain was was great well that united states team was sort of built like to beat that where they're like well we're just gonna kind of try and take the ball and run and then hope that you like we can beat you one-on-one athletically like that well yeah well they the united states that was like the peak of the united that united states team too like of that generation where they that really really good generation of players they had and they had some youthful players too because like michael bradley was just coming through and he was like 23 or 24 Maybe he was he was young. People forget he was very good with Roma. Yeah, he was pretty. He was good. He was good. This is this is before he sort of like lost confidence in all his United States men's national team teammates and would only back pass for like four years. <laughs> I mean, his style of play, he he his passing is like good and it like had the ability to be great, but it never it never grew never from that and there. never developed for some reason. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we were what I'm saying is this Spain team. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna move to this point. We're, we're, right, we've been talking about the past now to the presently present. though. They they have this generation of just amazing attacking players, but no forward again. <laughs> this is going to be a running issue. I think this has been a running issue now for, I would say, what, three six, decades? No, six years. Fernando Torres and Raul were some of the best goal scorers on the planet for about 10 or 12, 15 years. You know, like they, they had their attack. And for him, Fernando Morientes was a very underrated striker who could score the ball consistently. And you talk about a guy who could win the ball in the air. That that dude was a monster. Um, now, was this supposed to be where Murata was supposed to? Murata was supposed to, Murata was supposed to be the player that could score consistently. Maybe he doesn't have like the goal scoring of Raul or, or Fernando Torres. 
Torres, but like he could have been close to that. And if he produced like a little less than those two guys, they would have won the Euros um, last year, I think. They lost because they couldn't score at the end. They couldn't score enough. Um, and the thing is, too, is they probably have one of the best coaches at the World Cup in Luis Enrique. Like, people don't realize how good of a coach he is. Like, he's properly excellent. Like, he's... I mean, he knows the Barca. He knows the Barca way. He knows like the the total football way of um like uh, Johan Cruyff and all of that. And he uses tons of analytics. And he's like incredibly intelligent. And the reason why he's at Spain is not be- is is because of a personal thing. It's not because he can't coach at club level. He is more than capable of coaching at club level. Right. This is just sort of his dream job, isn't it? No, it's because I mean he had a lot of tragedy. He's had a lot of personal tragedy, and the Spain national team gave him the time to deal with it that's really the main reason it i mean the Spain national team is do. also like a dream thing it's it's probably a dream job of some sort but it's not the you know he gave him space to live his life and to deal with things in his life yeah that team is excellent i mean they've got so many good players good so many good young players like they're they will probably they will get out of the group and they'll get to a point and they may lose but it's going to be four years from now where Team, they'll they may have to have some redemption in the United States because that's that's could be the thing that happens to them. So that's kind of the final question for Spain, isn't it? Are they ready to win it all, or do you see them maybe getting out of the group and falling in the in the knockout stages? I I'm not sure they have it fully figured out yet. Like the young players, because they're gonna probably start paid Petri and Gavi and and Ansu Fati and and they've got a lot of amazing young talent. I just wonder if they have enough leadership to make it through the whole the whole tournament. I just wonder that. I mean, because uh, what's his name's not there anymore. There's no Sergio Ramos. There's no. I think I don't even think Busquets is there anymore. He might be there. There's Maybe no real just on the bus, but not playing. Yeah, I don't think PK is there anymore. Like those guys are gone because they're just they don't have it anymore. Casillas. Who's that? Casillas, no, the goalkeeper. No, no, he's he's he he retired like three years ago because he had almost had a, he had a heart attack. Oh, that's right, I remember that. Three or four years. I can't. Maybe it's even longer now. Four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they have they. This is a new generation, and they have all the pieces. It's not like Aspilicueta will be there. He'll be a great <laughs> soundboard. They'll they have players. My favorite who'll marauding be, right back. Yeah, he's not even a right back anymore. He's a center back. His, he oh God, he can't play out wide anymore. Does he still get forward? No. <laughs> No, he can't. He doesn't have the legs. He's like, he doesn't have the legs for that. He's getting, he's kind of gotten too old for that. Yeah. That's a team to me that if things go right for them and they start well, I mean, that could take them to a final. But I wonder, I just wonder if they have enough noose. They have enough gravitas. I, I don't know. There's, they have enough maturity They've to make it the all the way enough. through. If they, fe- have they felt enough hurt just yet to get through. <laughs> because the thing is, is some of these players, I mean, Ansu Fati is a really special player. He's really special. And so is Gavi and Pedri. Like, I know Barcelona are still not fully ticking yet, but those guys are really, really special, and they could be a very, very special team in time. But have they really had that, like, that moment where it's winner go home and they have gotten crushed yet? And that's probably the question that, that Spain faces in this World Cup. I don't know if it's about like if they've lost and been crushed that way. I I makes me I just wonder if they've had like if they've gritted through wins. You know like yeah. you know like the hard work like you have to do all that ha- little bit of extra work here and there to win a game like properly win a game. 
you know, like Arsenal has had to learn this, you know, as a personal example of a team that I watch, like it took them two years to really learn how to win games again, like properly win games and not just uh, do whatever. It's like, okay, well, we're going to dominate in this way, but when we don't dominate, how do we grit it out? And now they win games when they probably shouldn't win them. Does Spain have that? I'm not sure. That's the thing I don't know yet. (laughs) I think that's the thing we're going to find out. Right. See if they have that grit. But I think they have enough to make it out of the group and to, you know, do the special things. Yeah. Well, I guess there's only one more team to talk about. The the old fire-breathing dragon at the top of the horde here. Are they the fire-breathing dragon at the top, or are they, stay, are they not um, of themselves right now? That's the question we ask at the beginning of every major tournament for Germany. No, I don't think so. I mean, I always think they're always one of the favorites. Like, they're always considered a favorite because of their pedigree and how many titles they've won and, and all of that. I just, I feel like every tournament they are always coming in and we're like, well, is Germany really clicking this year? And mm. and then they like struggle maybe a little bit until halfway through the group stages and then they hit the knockout stages and they beat somebody five to one. We're like, oh, there they are. I think, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> you know, I want to agree and I also want to disagree because I think- well, It's it, more fun when you disagree. It's I, what makes the podcast- <laughs> There was always a trend. There was a trend in the early 2000s where they were considered to be less than, and it took some time for them to redevelop their youth and all of that. And now they have developed these like really brilliant players, but now it's they've they're missing some of their methodical nature in a way like that. There's something about it's like they're missing some of their. German engineering right it's like right. such a weird thing to say the like you you said methodical earlier but it's just like that German kind of like they just slowly grind you down they don't like in a way they don't play that way anymore yeah you know they don't do that anymore they would just they back you into a corner slowly take every inch and then they'd you know beat you I mean, they'd score. They'd yeah. find that incisive ball. Yeah, I wonder. I mean, they do the. I, they. I feel like they. That's the thing that they're gonna miss. That they're missing. It's not. They have plenty of attacking players. They have um, Gnabry. They have Muller. They have Sane. They have. I mean, it, the list goes on. There. It's the back that like without with the exception of Neuer and they have like wing backs. The player. It's the center backs that's like really the problem for them. Who do you think's gonna be starting for them? At the World Cup. Is it going to be Nicolas Sule? Yeah. That's like... He's like 38 at this point, isn't he? No, he's not. He's not. No, no. He he looks 38, but he's really like <laughs> 20s. I don't think he's... I think he's... I think, I think Sule is starting to get, get old. Is it going to be Sule and uh, who's the other the other guy who's been there forever? He, uh, he's Matt bounced Hummels. between... Matt Hummels. Is yeah. it Hummels? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's bounced between uh, Dortmund and Bayern Munich. Yeah. I think a couple times for both, hasn't he? Yeah. He is 27. Oh, Jesus. Nicholas Sule, Sule is 27. I feel like he's been playing for two decades. Like, he looks like he's been playing <laughs> right. for two He seems like he's ancient. I feel like I've heard his name forever. Yeah, I mean, he's he's an always been there all star. I mean, no, he's not. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's weird because he just, he looks much older than he appears. Like, right. to me, but, like, he always looks like he's like, he's he's been drinking for far too long. <laughs> oh, I know that sounds really me. I'm I sorry, mean, Nicholas. There's I, no saying he really. hasn't, but um, like, but he's got wheels. Like he's an athletic guy. He doesn't play like he's forty something. He just sort of he's huge too. Like, right, he's, he's like, like six giant four. In, 
he's like just like this weird like yeah sort of kind of guy uh, they have Tilo Kerrer who play um he can play centrally and Matthias Ginter and they have Rudiger as well they're all guys oh, that yeah. are totally I capable I mean it's interesting I always feel like Rudiger doesn't play as well for the national team than he does for his club team like he's not he might be somebody who needs to be coached up no way. What do you mean coached up? Like, he's, like, one of the best center backs in the world when he's playing for his club team. No, I know. That's what it, like, when he has, like, very specific instructions, maybe. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm just that if someone's really good for their club team and then really struggles for the national team, it's either a pressure thing or it's, it's a, like, kind of a coaching thing would be my guess. Maybe the style of play just doesn't quite suit him. Maybe, I mean, that's, I think that's probably a better reasoning. They have and they have all the players. I mean, it's all there for them. They've got the midfielders. They've got Kimmich, who is like insane. They've got oh, yeah, the Joshua wing backs. Kimmich. Yeah, Joshua Kimmich. Yeah, he's like the like freak of nature, <laughs> you know. And they've got all the attacking players. They've got guys who can score the ball. You know, they've got they've got they've got everything. And then they've got goalkeepers. They've got three. They have like four or five goalkeepers that could start for national teams pretty much anywhere else in the world. So who Maybe do you think is going to start for them? It'll be Ter Stegen. You think it's Ter Stegen? Yeah, I think it's Ter Stegen. I mean, it's either Nor or Ter Stegen. Those are the two. But the thing is, they have Kevin Trapp, who is excellent, who is a national team-worthy goalkeeper. They have Bern Leno, national team-worthy goalkeeper. They... they it's just like madness. They've they've got <laughs> enough. Like you know, like Bern Leno could start for like ninety five percent of national teams across the world. Any one of these Kevin guys Trapp. would be the starting keeper for England. Bern Leno would. I don't know about Kevin Trapp. Yeah, probably, maybe. But I mean, Jordan Pickford is pretty good. Like he, I, I, he is overly underrated. Nate, Nate, look at my face. <sighs> I know you hate Jordan Pickford. <laughs> He's not my favorite either, but I he is better than. I think he's better than what is given credit for. Nick Pope for starting goalkeeper. Um, he, <laughs> oh man, he was bad. Yeah, he was bad. Oh yeah, and they're and they're friendlies. Uh huh. Yeah, it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, you sure you want him to start in the first game of the World Cup? I uh want only bad things to happen to Pickford. It's nothing personal except for the fact that the it's fact very that it's clearly very personal. personal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Um, <laughs> Except for this, they play a four-two-three-one to um, Germany consistently, and they want to dominate possession and they want to score a lot. It's weird because they're not very good defensively. And I think it's because they play; they want to, they want to just destroy teams attacking this. Right. Well, so that's kind of the that's kind of the thing with this team that has like a majority of possession and kind of can pass along the horseshoe of sadness, and then you know play incisive balls at a certain point somebody might get on the end of one of those passes i think this german team has they have all the pieces to win it they do it just makes me wonder if they have the reliability the like the famed german reliability to do it <laughs> are they a modern bmw or mercedes-benz or are they a mercedes-benz of the late 1980s that would last for 35 years and still be running that's the question so I guess this is going to take us down to um, is Hansi Flick, you know, is he going to have him running? He's he's a Joachim Love disciple. So I wonder if he's the guy to really bring him to the next dimension. Though, I mean, he brought Bayern Munich back to another level, you know, like he he turned them into fire breathing monsters again. Like he had them. Nico Kovac was running them and they were OK. And then all of a sudden Bayern Munich, like he, he takes over Bayern Munich and they they just starts destroying everyone around them 
like they had that period of six to eight months that was just ridiculous. Just I I want if if he somehow finds that form for Germany, they're gonna win it. They'll win it because <laughs> they'll win it. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, well, that's that's always the game with Germany. If they become the fire breathing monster, well, that's the cup, isn't it? I know, but the thing is, is like we, it's not like this doesn't always happen every World Cup. It's not of like if they like there are times like in 2014 they were the favorites. Besides Brazil, yeah. they were the favorites to win it. Same thing in 2010, they were like the surprise because they weren't sure. That was like a sh- a time where like, ooh, they'll be really good, but will they make it because they're too young? Like that's what I think of Spain. Spain, Spain will probably make it to a semifinal and lose in the semifinal because they just haven't been there yet. They haven't fully been there. They would made it to the Euro semifinal. Yeah, but the thing is, is like, do they have it all in place yet to do it? But I think what you'll see is that they'll dominate teams and they'll like win it in a way, and you're like, oh man, this team, uh, we should be very worried right now. <laughs> right? Um, oh, they're dominant, dominant. Who makes it out of the group? Oh man, I like to pick one upset. I'm gonna go with Germany and Japan, and I think it comes down to Spain losing to either Japan or Costa Rica because they couldn't score. Hmm. And I think that's enough to get you out of this group. I'm gonna go rock chalk and say Germany and Spain. I know that that's like the popular. That's like what most likely will be out of the group. But that's just I, smart money, though. <laughs> and it's just they're both so good. And it Japan is really really good too. But I just don't know. Like the goalkeeper situation for Japan really frightens me. And they're not gonna be in a position where they have possession of the ball 65 percent of the time against either of those teams. And yeah. I mean, all you need is one mistake, and the floodgates can open. Oh it yeah, it still happens in those games. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, is like, do you trust a, like a a 33 year old J League <laughs> goalkeeper to bring you to glory? I don't know. You know, a guy when you know Serge Gnabry is bearing down on him in a one on one, and you're like, well, that's the World Cup right there. Can he make this save? Can you do it? Yeah. Right. I don't know. That's like what, and it's so weird because like defensively, they're actually pretty sound. Like they don't yeah. give up a lot of goals but i just wonder if they when you get to that really high level competition if it they they have enough back there so germany and spain for me and then um i think you know the costa rica thing could be an issue so anyway yeah yeah i mean i i think you're probably right i'm hoping japan will uh will um maybe throw us an upset but you know costa rica is a chaos agent Spain and Germany are phenomenal. Japan is just in a slightly lower tier than that. It's going to be a hell of a group. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it should be a great time. All right. This has been Group E from 141 Studio. I'm Ryan Whiting. And I'm Paul Cushing. And we are signing off. See you later. Good night.